Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome into another edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. My name is Brian Robb. Very, very pleased to be joined today by the one and only Rich Levine joining us from the West Coast with for uh two, two a, varies. Two I mean, this is the originator here, and we always are of- happy to get you back on here, and it's it's been a minute, Rich. I mean, we talked back in, we talked post Porzingis trade, but have not talked since all the free agency coming and goings here in the last couple of months. But um, things have been quiet now. Jalen is signed. Grant is gone. But pretty much no other, it's it's almost an eerily quiet summer for the Celtics compared to the last couple of years here. Yeah, I guess so. And did you mean to leave out that Marcus is gone? Or you mean we talked about it the, lot, the <laughs> yeah, last time? <laughs> I did not mean I, to I, I, that. I, I don't you, know. You, you no, no, no. That was, that was unintentional. Yeah, I say we, we we covered that in the last one. But obviously, that is the main storyline of the summer. The, it was a very busy June for the Celtics, less so in July and August. And um, hopefully, there'll be no, you know, big kerfuffle or, you know, a head coach getting suspended two days before the season starts this time around well i mean when you when you when you're bit when you're alone like major acquisition is like a seven footer like kind of getting up there and you're like okay as long as he doesn't like hurt his feet we'll be all right <laughs> and then he comes down with the one like most nagging foot injury that someone of his size can uh come down with that seems to be but just let's just get that out of the way right now the the assumption is he's gonna be ready perhaps even said Day one of training camp, ready to go. He said that last week in an interview. And I don't know, Rich, like, this is, I guess, I look, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Of a way, two ways to look at the situation with him. One, with him sitting out the World Cup, is it, do you see it as A, they just needed an excuse for him not to play in this World Cup, and this was an easy thing to point to where it's like, yep, everyone has some type of plantar fasciitis, and this way he can go out you know, said he tried, but he's not going to do it. And then, you know, while resting up for the season, or is it column B, what you just referenced? Be like, yeah, this is a big guy who's been injury prone over his entire career. And this is the last thing you want to see for a seven footer dealing with as he, you know, approaches his purchase age 30. Yeah. I mean, my impression was that he had really wanted to play. I mean, obviously he really wanted to play right. in, the, in, in FIBA. I think he had said this was literally like one of the biggest games in the history of Latvian basketball. And he thought it was up to him to, to, to be there. And uh, and represent his country. Uh, I think we'll find out 
when training camp starts, right? If it's anything else, anything other than what Brad Stevens said, you know, if there's like, oh no, we're going to hold them out a couple more weeks, and then then you know that this is that there's more than meets the eye, and I would definitely be concerned. But maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he just wanted to to and, and hey, that's cool. If he wants to uh, prioritize the Celtics and his sixty million dollar contract, and and you know, further legitimizing his NBA career, let's do it. Um, but if he actually is suffering from plantar fasciitis uh, to where he could not have played or really would have had to play through the pain or get into a situation where playing would have made it worse because, you know, it's a pretty long season. It is. And the <laughs> so, other so big, and I don't know, it's just like when you, when you factor that in with like the Robert Williams and now Horford part of the equation here, and you look at the rest of the bench right now from a big situation and it can get pretty thin pretty quick if two of those guys go down. And um I mean they're not they're not done tinkering here, I think, but that that's just something I wonder how quickly they'll I mean we'll find out again, like you said, at training camp if if and when that needs to be addressed further on the depth front. And then your your biggest strength, I mean, outside of like the two top ten players on your team, but like you had three like very good point guard slash guards, if you just want to call them that, right? One's gone. Marcus is gone. Uh, Brogdon is in worse shape than he was coming into last year, I will imagine. Not like, like yes, physical. I'm not talking about endurance. I'm talking about, like, whatever might be going on with his body, whatever might be going on with his head after being traded and then saying, oh, actually, just kidding. You know, we want you back. And then, you know, Derek White, who was amazing last year, but, like, again, it's much easier to be the Derek White that he was last year when you have Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon out there. And if he's the guy that's like, all right, now you're all three and one, go do your thing. Like that'll catch up to you pretty quickly too. So um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, before we move to the, the odds here, any quick thoughts on Makai Luke as the, uh, the 14th? I mean, I know you, he's played for six teams in six years. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> including the Lakers reason, out there. Right. Right. It's like, it's like, I don't know what to make of it. It's like when the Celtics, when the Celtics got Moses Brown for two seconds last summer. <laughs> right? like, yeah. You know, he had that one good game against the Celtics. No, there's a reason that he's on every team for like two weeks and then moves on, you know? Uh, but I don't know. I like the, uh, the, the highlight reel that made its way around Twitter was pretty awesome. Like that got me a bit hyped. Like he's definitely got skills. You'd assume so. Um, Pretty cool that he's uh, from the Ukraine. I don't, think, right. I don't know. I think is Alex Lynn still in the NBA? Yes, I think he's still with the Kings. So okay. yeah, I know. Yeah, I think they did some cool stuff as far as raising recognition for Ukraine during the this wartime stuff in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, we'll see if you know he can bottle up the two months of garbage time, you know, taking play with the Hornets that he put, did so well at the end of last year, and do it next to uh, some better guys here. But uh, it's uh. That's stuff he'll have to learn to spot. A lot of these guys are going to have to learn to spot in training camp, and we'll see how those dominoes fall in the next few weeks. But in the meantime, we want to take a step back, kind of look at some big-picture questions, big-picture um, standings for this team with both players and as a team as all, with looking at the odds here on FanDuel heading into the season here, Rich. And I'll leave it to you. Where where do we want to start here? What what intrigues you most? There's obviously a bunch of different directions we can go in here. What uh, what do you want to start with? Well, did you happen to read the the Jeff Goodman, Jason Tatum interview that 
I did. Came out this morning. Yes, on Jeff Goodman one on one with him on, I believe, The Messenger, which I think is yeah. Jeff Goodman's new site here. <laughs> Oh, um, is that is that, is that what I had never heard of the messenger? Yeah, I so think this will be a, f- a free plug for right. For messenger. <laughs> what 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 is that? I don't know. You it know? seems to be a new like across the board news sports site. Um, I've heard rumblings about it, like you know, from people in the industry, but I had never. I have not seen much about it in, but it's it's clearly up now. It seems to be fully functional, and and Jeff Goodman appears to be one of the uh, the basketball writers for it. So. Um, Keep getting, those ta- keep getting those Tatum exclusives. I think. I mean, listen, people will know the messenger. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so what did you? Was there a certain? I, he did talk about an award in there. Is that something that uh, caught your eye there? Well, uh, kind of. Yeah, well, he said he wanted to be an all uh, all defense, right? Right. Um, which I thought was interesting because I don't. I know he's not listed. I know there's you know Fanduel. Oh, how many? What do they have? About they have like a handful of players up on for their season awards. Like NBA Defensive Player of the Year is right. You know, six. I wouldn't imagine Jason Tatum would be a top six candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. But I more want to talk about MVP because it seems like um, his focus might be on defense. This is part of the bigger picture of like further maturation. I think. Uh, I think that Jason Tatum will have an MVP at some point in his career, um, and. I don't know. It's at plus, what is he, plus 800 on FanDuel. So eight mm-hmm. to one. Uh, he's fifth. So uh, Joker is plus 430. Giannis plus 500. Luca plus 650. Embiid plus 700. Like, as long as Kyrie is in Dallas, Luca is not winning the MVP. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Yep. Uh, Joel Embiid will have to be even better than he was last year. Significantly better, I think, to like break the narrative of like, you know, the guys who voted for him last year they're not going to want to vote for him again so they take those two out take luca out take them beat out you got joker you got freak i mean i don't know i think that i think that's your top three i i tatum is not a bad bet at at, at eight to one i guess that's where i'll start yeah it's i agree with you on your session of luca and and bead the Jokic. i think the biggest challenge now and i guess with Jokic, it's like, do, do the voters get the fatigue factor um, with him? Um, but the, the like, there's just no other players that's just such a numbers machine like he is. And when the results come with that, when the Nuggets are pretty well set up, I think to be a you know formidable foe again in the West this year, like I think it's going to be tough for Tatum to get close to that. So like, I'm I'm curious, like, what? How does Tatum bridge that gap? when he knows like numbers wise, he can't do it. Is it like you said, is it the defensively? Does he have to become someone who is like, all right, he also is worthy of all defensive accolades here. And that shows you, okay, like, yeah, I'm not putting up triple doubles every night, but the Celtics are winning and I'm helping fill the gap for Marcus's absence with, you know, by stepping up more defensively now, is it like, you feel like that's like the equation here for him? There's that. There's, I think, okay, we, you said the Celtics being good. That's, I think, right. He that's, has, that's a natural part of the MVP equation, I think. But, but like, we're talking number one seed, top yeah. two, right. if you're going to bridge that gap. I think another, not that, not that you would consider Joker one of the guys, like a load management guy, but I think Durant, uh, Tatum going to play 70 as long as he's healthy. Obviously, if he's not healthy, he's not winning MVP, but like he's going to play 70 plus games, you imagine? <clears throat> If anyone, like, if there, if there's a candidate, if you go uh, Joker, Giannis, Luca, Embiid, Tatum, who's most likely to play all 82? If there's going to be one, right? 
There's... Maybe Joker, maybe, uh, but most likely Tatum, I would say. And even Giannis now, I feel like, especially coming off of this knee surgery this offseason, like, he's, they're probably going to be extra careful of him in Milwaukee, I would think, from sure. a load management standpoint. And like, giving, opening the door for Tatum to have a pretty big, you know, game's edge on, on both of these guys. Yeah, you got Joker, you got his title, Giannis got his title, maybe, you know, coming off of like the long season. If there's, and we saw it with the Celtics last year and they didn't even win the title, they just made it to the finals where you can see like, you know, it's hard to, to stay focused for that entire year again, like leading back to the finals. Um, so maybe Joker, maybe it's going to take, uh, Jokic a little bit of time to get in the shape potentially. Um, not that that's ever really his priority. Um, but I, yeah, I think that Tatum's got the want. He doesn't have it yet. He still has a lot. He has more to prove than, than Jokic and Giannis. Um, it might be his time. I don't know. I think it's a pretty yeah. decent bet. Looking down, by the way, you can click. Um, there's a more button where you can see, show more. Mm-hmm. My 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 big bet for MVP at 33 to one, I think, is Anthony Edwards. If you're ever going to take a stab at, like, at a dark horse, I mean, he's, he's looking. My, he's, the, he's have you been candidate. watching the World Cup at all? Have you seen any of this? Any I've of seen this enough box scores to see that, that he seems <laughs> to. Uh, he seems to be taking it pretty seriously. Um, and he he just seems like it's going to happen with him too. Um, for, for 33 to one, I think there's a decent, that's, I think that's worth a try. It's funny now, like how quickly as just cyber for it with him and that Minnesota team of like, are they just going to have to, how quickly they're going to pivot off of towns or go bear just to like clear the way more for, for Edwards as far as whether it's either like clearing the lane or just clearing the opportunity. I guess Gobert's not really stealing many shots from him as is, but clearly this is the guy who should be taking the keys to the car there. And if there's an impediment to it, I wonder if, if like that it becomes a part of this season if if they get off to a slow slaughter again. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any taking anything away from him at this point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think they got a pretty smart coach, right? Uh, like it's it. tough. I mean, the West is tough. If they were in the East, maybe it would be a little bit easier. Uh, my other sort of dark horse MVP set, uh, 17 to one right now on FanDuel is Devin Booker. Mm. I think if the Suns are as good as they potentially will be, uh, KD will obviously be awesome, but I don't know. Booker's younger, more exciting for the voters and is just absolutely ridiculous. So 17 to one. And if I was doing a top three, right? So thirty-three to one for Edwards, seventeen to one for Booker, and let's go Jason Tatum at eight Jason to one. Tatum for one. Yeah. All right, we're marking that down. Mark that tape here. We'll be having we'll have a we'll do at least a midseason check in with Rich on the MVP odds specifically to this. But I like the I like the throwing it around on some names that may not be on the radar of most voters oh. right now. But we'll thoroughly have the teams that can get them in the the contention. All right, let's take a break to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. That's to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. 
$10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fiendo.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. And now back to the show. For the record, uh, Jalen Brown, a hundred and twenty to one. Jeez. Right, <laughs> James Harden ahead of Jalen Brown right now in MVP odds. We'll put yeah. that. Uh, you know, would not expect to see that right now. But Ky- Ky- Kyrie Irving <laughs> also ahead. Yeah. Um. All right. Good MVP. I'm. I want to bring up six man of the year odds. Because Malcolm Brogdon right now, currently your favorite to repeat as six man of the year. Again, the odds are pretty, still pretty long, plus 850. Norm Powell, Emmanuel Quickly, um, right behind him, Malik Monk, Buddy Heald, Chris Paul, who says I'm coming off the bench. Um, the voters do. You're plus 1500 to be six man of the year. Um, we talked about Malcolm Brogdon briefly here. From an on-court standpoint, Rich, like if they bring him back here, is he obviously he's coming off the bench? Do you worry about him, you know, buying in concept-wise, like to that six man, like sacrificing what you will to kind of do what he did last year as much this year in the wake of all that's happened this offseason? Um, does that worry you at all? Or do you think is is it more any concerns or just like where is he going to be able to hold up physically after you know we know that that's been a storyline throughout his career? Yeah, I th- I, th- I think both. You know, you talk about a, a player that's kind of moved around a little bit in his career. You're like, why why are they getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon? You know, like um, <clears throat> has a tendency to to move around. I don't think I think it's crazy that he's. I mean these these are crazy odds. Who who knows? Like it's September seventh, yeah. and we're talking about the sixth man of the award. But I would there like there's no circumstances under which I would put money on Malcolm Brogdon winning the sixth man of the year award this year. I, I just, for all the reasons you mentioned, um, whether or not he'll even still be here or right. He, 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 he makes the, he makes every sacrifice you would expect or want from a six man last year. And then they fake trade him for like 24 hours and, you know, put his life in the blender and then say, Oh no, just kidding. Why don't you come back and, and, and do it all again? Be the consummate teammate. Like that's tough. And so who's, Who's the fifth starter? I'm, I'm, right now, we don't know. I mean, so you have White, Brown, Tatum, and then pick Porzingis, I assume, and then Al or Rob, assuming you're starting double big, which... Right, so maybe Jalen's your... your, your Jalen's technically your two. Yeah, Jalen's your, your guard. I know he was voted as a guard last year. They had that set up pretty much for a good chunk of last year. Um when they started big over small, but yeah, it's, I mean, Brogdon's going to play. I'm curious, like the Pritchard X factor of he's obviously going to play a lot. Like is, you know, playing those guys together was up and down at points last year, whether they will can, you know, collaborate better or whether they'll look at Brogdon and be like, okay, let's, how can we 
fill a need at, you know, get a, a closing five, like if you will, like a better guy to close. Like, cause I think that the, the trouble is like, I don't think Brogdon was a great fit for the closing lineup last year with, in terms of like a size or just like a fit wise. And so maybe you're better off to take some of these picks in him and, and find that guy at the trade deadline or whatever. Um, if you, but I mean, I guess time is going to tell what the, that group looks like to start this year. Then they'll go from there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's quickly as award to lose this year. Like, I think he probably should have won it last year, depending like based on how he finished the year, at least. Yeah. Um, I think Malik Monk at 10 to one is, I could get on that. And then Chris Paul, uh, that, that actually might be, if I were to, to bet on this award, Chris Paul at 15 to one seems like a good value bet. It's going to have the narrative. Uh, the Warriors are going to be good. A lot of national TV games. I mean, the only question is like, does stuff, the stuff stay healthy? Um, and and if he doesn't, does that force Chris Paul obviously into the starting lineup too much? But yeah, a lot of good candidates. Christian Wood, twenty six to one, if he's going to come off the the bench for the Lakers, um, that could be interesting. Josh Hart, I guess you know he's on the same team as quickly, so maybe not. But uh, my top three for the uh, for the sixth man is uh, quickly Malik Monk and Chris Paul. I can put it on the board. Put it on the board. Um, where do you want to go next? There's, so this is one that we could have done second, but so I didn't know, apparently this, this award was created last year, the NBA clutch player award. Yes. So it's the player, what that is voted on. Are you the players vote on this? Maybe I just had it up here. I can, let me go check. Um, but, um, it's very new and it's for the player that helps his team most in the clutch, right? De'Aaron Fox won last year. Uh, which seems fair. Like that dude was pretty nasty uh, in the fourth quarter and that's about crunch, buzzer beaters. crunch time in general. Yeah, exactly. So that's, it, it's, it's that sort of award where if you like happen to get a couple of chances to hit a buzzer beater and hit one or two and get that narrative, like you can probably win that award uh, pretty easily. Like it seems hard to measure who should really deserve this award. Um, the trophy who had a reputation of being clutch. This is great podcasting. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, the players are voted on by media panel based on nominations from the coaches. Okay. So coaches nominate the players and then the media votes on the players. Um, so to me, I mean, right now the, the favorite is is Shea, uh, SGA at, at 10 to 1. Jason Tatum, 19 to 1. He's going to have plenty of opportunities. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's got to be... That's honestly one of the, I mean, you don't sing a lot of Tatum for it, but this team for the last two or three years, fourth quarters have generally not been their shining moments um, in a lot of these spots. But you're right, like 19, like there's there's no doubt that that's the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands throughout these moments for 20, 30 plus games through, in crunch time moments throughout the regular season. So, yeah, for Tatum on that train. Such a weird award. Maybe we should stop talking about it. But I just thought it was interesting that 19 to 1 for a guy who's like, you know, 8, eight to 1 to win the MVP and is going to have a lot of opportunities. And Who are the other I, favorites there? Who else is like, is it all so guards? SGA, Dame uh, is 12 to 1. Luka, 14 to 1. Uh, Jokic and uh, Ant, or and Darren Fox and Joel Embiid are all 14 to 1. Uh, and then Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, and Jason Tatum, uh, nineteen to one as well. It's all guys that the ball is going to be in their hands at the end of the game anyway. Yeah. And, um, no, it's just very strange. Yeah, I wonder how that's. It's almost like a it's like a young MVP award. 
right? Like you're not good enough to be considered the MVP, but maybe, you know, <laughs> like De'Aaron Fox, like what? He was right, what do we do with him? Yeah, just give him the clutch award. Give him the clutch award. Um, this is an award that's very fascinating to me for next year. Um, coach of the year. Mm. And for all the grief that Joe Mazzula took locally last year, I don't think he really took much of it nationally. Um, he is fourth in coach of the year odds, um, in front of a couple of new names, Frank Vogel and Adrian Griffin are, are coming up behind him. And then I'm going to let you get, do you want to guess? I don't know if you have these in front of you. Do you want to guess who's in the top three, top three odds for coaches of the year? Uh, yes. The coach who I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. Okay. See coach. What's that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. See coach. Ed. Yeah. Um, I, so hold on. I'm, I, I do have it right here. Uh, Spolstra and Jason Kidd. That is just, absurd. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. So Jason Kidd's 12 to one, which is crazy. Vogel at 14 to one feels like a solid bet. And Missoula too, man. Cause listen, listen, like, the East is once again the lesser of the two conferences. Um, if the Celtics win close to sixty games, because you talk about it, like all, all the all the the negative attention that that Joe got last year, like that's that's narrative. You know what I mean? Like the voters are going to love that. Like if he can if he can turn it around after you know his back against the wall and almost getting fired in the in the playoffs last year, um, still has a you know. Two of the certainly two of the top ten players in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I, I don't know. He, he seems like maybe a decent bet. I think Missoula and Frank Vogel. Uh, Where is Adrian Griffin? Is he the the Bulls? he was fifth? Yeah, he's right behind Vogel and Missoula, yeah. like plus sixteen hundred. So I guess my question to you though about Joe, like with this revamped roster, Marcus and Grant out the door, two guys that there were reportedly some, you know not clashes with, but just obviously Grant wasn't pleased with his playing time. And we all heard Marcus's comments over the course of the playoffs where he was pretty much like, yeah, I, like I told Joe to make these changes. And uh, during that Philly series, does this, all this stuff would seem to empower him even more here. What do you expect, if anything, in terms of changes of whether it's on in court, in game stuff, you know, behind the scenes stuff with him for next year. What do you, what are you actually keeping an eye on with him, you know, with this revamped group? Yeah. I mean, it's funny, but like on one hand, it's like, yeah, those moves can maybe empower him a little bit, but then at the same time, we're going to hire like 15 assistant coaches who are like ready to coach in the NBA tomorrow. Facts. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if, if we need them to, I mean, I, I hope maybe it could be more collaborative. Cause that, I mean, that was what it felt to me like down the stretch last year is like Joe was like, kind of on an island you know Stoudemire had left it was like he was like 34 years old and like was there anyone on the bench that was older than him like was there anyone that was even 40 years old as a as no. an assistant coach on that bench I mean that is not putting him in a position to succeed and, and all those that. guys are out there they're half their they already knew they were like out the door probably at the end yeah of the right right exactly so I mean like maybe that should be talked about a little bit more but also yeah that he's going to have a lot more support that the, the people you know Cassell and, and Lee like the people that are going to be in the, in the, in the player's ears are, 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 you know, part of the, the big picture you would hope, right? Like it's much more, hopefully like a team approach and a team dynamic. And like, uh, obviously like Joe's the one that's going to be standing, standing up there and, and talking to the press, but like, hopefully there will be less 
on him that will you know just because well what like what does he need to improve on like he need to improve on timeouts like end of game management yeah like end of game management like those situations like situational stuff he butchered a couple big ones um and then the lineup stuff as well but i think a lot of that stuff has been taken care of for him with you know them paving the way to be like all right you're not gonna have to deal for implications of benching marcus for Derek white like you can that's just gonna be obvious now yeah, we're not, you know, we won't have to make as many decisions when we deplete the depth of, of this team. When we take right. one of the deepest teams in the East and like <laughs> put it all in plantar fasciitis. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it'd be more di- like, like there'll be fewer decisions to make, but I don't know if that's a, necessarily a good thing. But I think that like if the Jays just decide to win the Eastern Conference, you know what I mean? If we're like, we're not fucking yeah. around, like we're just, we're just gonna, we're, we stay, they stay healthy. Um, they come to play every single night, like in and the Celtics are, like we said, a, a first or second seed. I think that that fourteen to one will shrink pretty quickly. Um, while Jason Kidd will probably be, you know, by thirty five to one by then. But yeah, Missoula Vogel. Then if there's like a real dark horse, maybe Chris Finch at nineteen to one in Minnesota. Ooh. We just talked about. Yeah. Um, Quinn Snyder in Utah, twenty three to one. I think is pretty solid. Oh no, wait. Where the mean? Yeah. Because in Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta, right? Will but that is another one. Like he could just revamping. They actually were playing pretty decent in the playoffs against Celtics. And I don't know why it's the Celtics are in the final series, but that's like a year. If he gets that offense like playing the way they should be, like they they could they could. I wouldn't surprise me to see them be like a top four seed in the East next year if everything. Yeah, there's a luck. Yeah, we'll see what goes what happens with 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 Trey. Um, but yeah, Will Hardy at twenty nine to one. Like that's kind of enticing as well and then anytime it's like steve kerr 46 to 1 you know like yeah that's kind of shocking that low for him but i guess that's you know i think it's when you have the same old team with the same old success then they it's hard to get that narrative like you're talking about though where where guys like missoula or finch um or vogel even obviously starting fresh if he turns the suns into champions then that's an easy an easy choice or leads them to a one seed in the regular season, which is what this award is based on. Um, oh, by the way, Adrian Griffin is the coach of the Bucks. I said the Bulls. Yes. Former one to, to clear it up. Former, well, former Celtic. Former Celtic. Um, I love that guy on the Celtics. Was it, like, this will be one of those situations. Like, how many games do you think Adrian Griffin played for the Celtics like, in his career? In my mind, like, it, it might have just been one season if it was even that. I was going to guess he, two. But you're right. Like it, it could easily be one. And I just remember, like he's like you know the defensive gritty guy. Just so like, over under over under seventy games as a Celtic. Yeah, I'll take over. Griffin. I'll take over. I'll take. I'll take the under. Uh oh wow yeah he played uh, 100, 116. Oh wow all right so two what yeah. two seasons? Yeah, season and a half. Um, well okay. How was he only forty nine years old? He started his career for Celtics too. I did not, would not have guessed that. Very forty-seven starts in his rookie year. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he was great. He just, he his son plays a lot like him. Yeah, the same way with like Brunson. Like obviously Brunson's much better than his dad, but like the right. style of play is very similar. Um, okay, what's next? So, do we want to wrap up here with win total over under? Uh, yes. Or do we want to do title odds? Um, let's do win total. All right, let me pull them up here. So, 
this is a situation where I think the Celtics and the whole world, you know, they clearly beat themselves um, out of the gate last year. And now I'm trying to, here we go. Let me pull this up. Okay. So the number here is 54.5 wins and it's even odds over under. I believe this is probably, if not the highest in the NBA, like right there, maybe Denver might have higher. I'll look them up real quick, but this is as good as it gets. Yeah. Denver is not even there. Denver's at 53 and a half. So 54 and a half would be what? Two wins less than last year. Um, yeah. And I don't, it's, that's part of me is like, wow, they left a lot of wins out there last year um, after their hot start. And maybe they clean that up, but the other half is like, Oh, you got a lot of injury health question marks and you have on court chemistry question marks that are going to have to be answered pretty quickly. And there might be some growing pains early on in the year on that front where there didn't seem to be many last year. So what, which way do you leave in, the, in this direction? So how many times in their career have uh, the Jays won more than 54 games in a season? I'm going to say, I'm going to guess three. Well, if we go by win percentage, they probably would have done it a third year in the, the COVID shortened season. Right. They were, yep. they were on, on track to do it. But yeah, other than that, they won 55 in Tatum's rookie year with, with Kyrie mm-hmm. uh, and 57 last year. And like I said, the win percentage was was good enough to do it in the in in uh in twenty, but uh yeah, so three times. So is this going to be one like one of the three winningest seasons of the Jays era? I want to uh, say like if if Tatum, if we think feel so good about Tatum being MVP, I want to say yes, like or at least having a chance at that. Like I feel like those are going to go hand in hand. Sure. And that's why it's like eight to one, right? Maybe right. it's like not, um, it would, it's a little bit of a stretch, but man. So we're assuming in this case that both Jays are having to stay healthy. Yeah. That has to be, I mean, Jalen, I think is the bigger question mark always in that front. He always seems that's something that gets nicked up for 20 games kind of spread out over the course of the year. But, right. um, I guess the question is, what what is the front court? They, even if those guys are both healthy, if the front court is in shambles for half the year, then that that becomes a pretty high bar to ask for. Fifty four and a half. Right, that's like one of the you get the fifty four and a half just to like go out in the first round, the playoffs, just because everyone's fucking running on fumes. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. I have a hard time. I have a hard time feeling the over. That's uh sad sad to say, but. I don't know. It's 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 certainly possible. Like I think their I think their best case scenario might be a little bit better than last year's, but like we know the road to get there is going to be treacherous. It always is, and they're like like less equipped to deal with it, like to get there. And then even in the playoffs, like I don't know, like Grant, like like the comeback against uh, against Miami, like Grant was a huge part of that. Obviously, Marcus was a pretty big part of that as well. Um, so yeah, I'm going under. I like it when you phrase it like that. And I'm like, I do think that especially this year is going to be a, there's probably going to be growing pains early on. And they didn't have that last year. And I think that will, but when you factor that with the injuries, I think you just convinced me. I think I'm going to go under two here because that's just like to have all those go right. And knowing that they will be all, this team is, team is building for April and May 
more so this year than ever. Whereas, you know, and whether if this, if it takes a few more losses during the regular season to get there, to get there right, like so be it. Right, they're more likely to to be like, you know, like late February, like mid March, be like, oh fuck it, like we're we're in the playoffs, like let's scale back a little bit and get ourselves right to like. That's their only chance now is to be healthy when we get there. So maybe we'll take a few more losses down the stretch. Um, one minute left in this. I think that's a, that's a, that's a. It's buzzer. Yeah. So we I mean, we did it. We did it all, Rich. Um, it is a pleasure. It's great to see your face. Oh, and see you, my man. we need to. We'll do this again as we get to the season, and we'll be checking on these odds over the course of the year at FanDuel, and we'll be back with you guys next week as we one week out. I mean, one month out, excuse me, sneaking up on us real quick here. You can officially say next month, the Celtics will play a a real game. Will Chris Stapps be on the court for the opening night? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, cool. Two more nights, the back-to-back on Friday. We'll see. And then six (laughs) weeks off. Six weeks off. All right. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for Rich. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys next week.